You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Built for the Stage podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder and host of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform. With clients in over 20 Broadway shows and other stages across the globe, we are your online fitness platform to marry a pursuit in fitness with your career in theater. So actors or athletes, make sure that you're training like one. If you're not sure, Go to BuiltForTheStage.com and we'll be on our way with a seven-day free trial using an interactive fitness app. That's BuiltForTheStage.com. All right, let's move on. Exciting guest, as always, an American in the UK with Australian parents who recently made their first ever Instagram reel. And... uh, (laughs) I got to meet our performer uh, client, got performer client, our uh, guest uh, on the streets of London after their show in uh, Back to the Future. An aside, an aside. While I'm doing this, I can see our guest in what's called backstage um, on this this little like podcasting platform. They're like giggling, rolling their eyes at me. Like who's this goofball right now talking about my first Instagram reel. But anyways, our guest is, uh, from the U S like I said, from Berkeley actually. Um, and they recently came over to the UK in 2019. Like I said, they're in back to the future musical right now, but they made their debut in, uh, Cinderella where they also covered the role of Cinderella. And just before that, before the world ended, they toured uh, the UK a bit in fame. And they're also a uh, fitness instructor. They dabble in that as well when they're not gracing the presence of uh, a musical theater stage. So please welcome to the podcast. I will shut up now. Georgia Tap. Hey. <laughs> Georgia, thanks so much for dealing with me on a Tuesday evening. I appreciate your time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Back to the Future, fun show. Uh, what, what's it been like so far? Uh, yeah, it's great. The cast is great. Uh, I love the people in the theater. The show is hilarious. Um, very nostalgic, you know, close to my heart. I loved that movie when I was a kid. Um, yeah, you know, I've been in it for a few months now. And yeah, it's it's great fun. Uh, yeah. yeah. I tried to tell your cast about how on 
TNT, the the U.S. TV sh- uh, station over here, that they would play Back to the Future like every single day when I was growing up. It seemed like they were always playing Back to the Future. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was definitely a staple um, for us kids. What's your What's your favorite? One, two, or three? Um, I've actually never seen the third one, so <gasps> no. I'd have to go with one, um, and then yeah, it's it's on my my to do list. <laughs> 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 okay hilarious hilarious all right so uh everyone that's listening i mean i'm super intrigued uh just about like your transition from going from new york city you said seven or eight years you were there yeah yeah and then you then you go over to london in 2019 what's just like the cultural transition been like for you um speaking from someone who thinks about moving there in march exciting um, I know, I know. You know, uh, I've always kind of thought of myself of uh, like the person to move to another country, um, especially when I first started like traveling in my early 20s. At one point, I was wanting to live in Germany. There's a great like theater, you know, community out there. Um, and so I'd say like culturally, I mean, it was pretty easy. Um, they obviously like here. English is the first language. That's not an issue. Uh, I mean, living in New York City and in a big city, moving to London wasn't like a bit of a culture shock. And to be fair, like I've totally taken up, you know, all the like English things, you know, the the quintessential English things I love, like got my tea. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Tell us all the things. What are what are the must what what do you need to do to become a true Londoner? So drink tea. Drink tea. Uh, be able to have a few pints at the pub after show. <laughs> pub culture is like very much a thing here, um, which I love. Uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, what do you what do you think it is about what what is the pub culture like? What what why is it such a stapled thing over there in the UK? I mean. Living in New York City, you know, people would brag about not having time to go on vacation. Like that, that was like something that I just couldn't understand living there. And I feel like here in just in Europe in general, compared to the US, people really like enjoy their time outside of work. You know, London is still like a a city where people come here to like, you know, climb the ladder. But I do find that people enjoy their time outside, their social time a lot more. So like groups will go, you know, even with my show, we, a lot of the time we'll all be like, should we all go to the pub and have a drink after? And like, you know, we're excited to work together, but also excited to like, just be outside and not be working and still have that social atmosphere, which I think lacked in New York, at least my time in New York, it did. Um, Yeah. It's like, nobody's racing to pay the bill here. Everybody kind of like chills. They take their time. Um, which I really, I really love. Um, yeah, I felt the same way. I felt like it was a city, there was life, there was busyness, but yet just a little bit more laid back than the craziness of New York city for sure. Oh yeah, completely. Let's rewind. Uh, growing up, you told me before we hit record that your parents were Australian. So yeah. you grew up in Berkeley. You're from Berkeley. You had Australian parents. Yeah. yeah. Where? Yeah. What was this like? And when did like the arts become a part of your life, if not right from the beginning? Yeah. 
So my parents are both from Sydney, Australia. Uh, my dad's an architect. My mom's an artist um, and a beautiful watercolorist. Um, I think like I have two older brothers. They were not into, you know, singing or dancing or acting or anything like that. I was very much, you know, bored into a family that like played baseball and, you know, soccer. Uh and it wasn't until like one of my best friends was in a, a dance recital. And it was like when I was maybe six or seven that I was like, hey, mom, I want to do that. And my mom was like, no, like my daughter is not going to be in sequins. Like she's not going to become like a Las Vegas showgirl. Mm. And I kind of just kept pushing it really. <laughs> and luckily yeah. she broke down. But I think for my mom, she just didn't really know what to do with me because I was like, definitely not something like she just didn't know what to do with a, a, a child that wanted to sing and dance and, you know, act. Um, but she found a really great uh, youth theater company for me to be in um, called Velasco theater. And that like, honestly changed my life. I was in that from when I was like 10 to pretty much 18 before I went to college. So we do shows like a few shows every year, loads of musicals and my mom even like built the sets for it, you know, all that kind of stuff. Oh, she, cool. she, she's into it now. Like she, she, yeah, she loves it. <laughs> Your mom played a very important part because growing up uh, in school doing musicals, one of the kids in the cast, his dad owned a construction company mm -hmm. and he would build us these amazing sets. And he was always like the parent hero. So that must've been your mom. Oh, yeah. Cause like, you know, there's not a lot of people walking around with the ability nor the uh, willingness to volunteer their time to build sets for uh, productions. Yeah. yeah. And, my, and the company that I was like a part of was like 45 minutes away. So like, you know, she would drive me there for like my kind of the rehearsals and stuff. And then she would, I mean, my mom is my, you know, biggest support system. Like she has always been there for me and like supported me. Um, yeah, I can't thank her enough for it, but, um, yeah, that's amazing. Wow. 45 minutes driving you to this place so that you could do something that she really fully didn't understand at first. Yeah. And then on top of it, she donated her time to make the sets oh, super yeah. mom right there. Awesome. Yeah. He's great. Okay. So when, when were you like, I'm going to do this for real. I'm going to get paid to do this. <laughs> uh, well, I went to, so I went to Boston conservatory, uh, for theater. Uh, when did you, when did you make the decision though? Like, were you a senior in high school, no. a sophomore, a junior? Like when were you like, I'm going to be a professional actress? God. I mean, I think I didn't really believe it until I went to college that it was actually going to happen. But you know, I was, I was dabbling in professional shows, like when I was 16 and 17, uh, you know, doing Beauty and Beast and like a few other things um, that I got paid like little bits to do. Uh, so probably then, but I just didn't really believe that it was going to happen, <laughs> you know. But you, but you still went to school for theater. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, there wasn't, okay. there wasn't anything that was going to be like, you know, my dad definitely wanted me to go to a, a like in-state school, do a double degree. And, and I was like, no. Nah. <laughs> No, and not if I get a scholarship somewhere else that I can do theater. Like, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you said uh, Boston Conservatory. Is that where you went? Yeah. Okay. Boco. Okay. We got Boco, Boco grad on our hands here. All right. Cool. So you go from, were you in California basically your whole life until you went over to Boston? Yeah. 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 
Yeah. All right. So, wow. You just went across the country. What was that transition like? Uh, you know, my parents were, it's so funny because I was actually talking about this to a friend of mine recently. Like my parents just put me on the plane and I just moved there by myself. And they were like, we'll see you at parents weekend. Like when you're like all settled in. And <laughs> I remember like moving into the dorms and having my roommates, you know, have their parents there, like taking them out to dinner. And I was just like, I guess I'll go to the cafeteria by myself. Like, I don't know. So they, my parents, you know, I think they're, they have taught me to be very independent. And yes. uh, yeah. So from 18, they were like, bye, <laughs> like have a good time. Uh, like yeah. you've got this. So it was a bit of a shock, but I was totally here for it. Well, then being from Australia, do you think that that was already normal to them? Just kind of like yeah. picking up your uprooting, your normalcy and just, you know, going somewhere else? Yeah, definitely. And I think that's why it's probably been a lot easier for me to have like, you know, relocated to the UK. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's just, yeah, it's, it's not out of the norm in my family to do that, you know? Uh, yeah. I have a brother that also lived in Chile for, you know, 13 or 14 years. So we are kind of all scattered ac across the globe, really. Wow. Did you ever go visit? I didn't, which is so sad. I, I actually, <laughs> it's Georgia. No, well, I was in school. It was hard. Like, you know, when you're in at Boco, it's, it's like, you don't really get the energy to do much else. Um, yeah, I promised. I promised you that this would be a very relaxing, chill interview, and now no. we've, we've <laughs> now we've exposed two awful things about you. Number one being that you never went to Chile to visit your brother. And number two, which is even worse, is that you still haven't seen Back to the Future three yet. No. Okay. Well, <laughs> my brother now lives in Miami. I've visited him in, my, in Miami, but. All right, you made up for it. Now you're just an awful person because you haven't seen Back to the Future yeah. three yet. All right. I can. I can uh, okay, I forgot about this. We did chat about this. Where in Miami is is your brother right now? Uh, so he's um, is it Sunny Isles? He's kind of near like uh, mm. Fort Lauderdale area. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Which I also okay, cool. I worked on celebrity cruise lines, so I know that area as well. I lived around. Right, right, right. And this was 2018 when you did that cruise? Yeah, like 2017 into 2018. I've done a few cruise ship jobs. So, What's the cruise ship life? Do you like it? Do you hate it? Um, I know that there's mixed reviews out there depending on the performer you speak to. Yeah. So I did four contracts, not back to back, not all with celebrity. I worked for Aida, which is a German cruise line. Um, yeah. Do you, do you speak German by chance? I'm Bissian. No, I don't really. But we did have to sing a lot of, um, we did a lot of shows in German. So they would teach us kind of like phonetically. But to be fair, like a lot of people on the cruise ship spoke English. Uh, so it didn't, it wasn't like, I wasn't really, I didn't have to learn it. The reason I asked is because earlier you also said that you were thinking about moving to Germany yeah. to maybe be a performer there. So now you just said that as well. And I'm like, this, maybe she speaks the language. Uh, well, you're just calling me out on another thing. <laughs> 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 I'm just uh, but yeah, so what I worked on, yeah, Aida Cruise Lines uh, and then Celebrity. I think, you know, the life on a cruise ship was like summer camp. We didn't have to work that much, but as a singer, you made good money. 
You had your own cabin, which was very important. I think if I had to share a cabin on a cruise ship where you don't get any privacy, uh, I would have really struggled. Um, It is hard to be away from your family. It's not for everyone. Uh, But for me, it was the best way to travel. I was able to save money, pay off my student loans, you know, the little bits that I did have. Um, And then ultimately it led me to moving to the UK. So like, I am a complete advocate for it. I don't necessarily think I'd go back now being like, you know, I'm in my early mid thirties now. And it's like, I think the lifestyle of that is kind of, I've moved away from it, but I think it, it really served a great purpose in my life for sure. But it's not. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Uh, Okay, so 2017 to 18... Then you make the decision to go to the UK. What was that like transitioning into like the audition circuit in the UK in the West End compared to uh, Broadway or New York City? What's is the vibe the same? Is the vibe different? Um, so it's a bit different. Uh, you know, I think. Well, I don't know what it's like right now in New York. I haven't been there in like four years, so it could be different to like what it was when I was there. If that makes any sense. Yeah. yeah. Um. I think here it's a lot in the UK, it's a lot harder to get in the room. So having an agent is so important. I feel like in New York, you could kind of like bypass not always having an agent. And, you know, if you're part of equity, you get seen for certain things, you know, um, but here it's like, they really do kind of go through, a, um, they don't invite everyone. And I felt like in New York, at least while I was there, you could hit up so many auditions in one week, you know, and it's like quantity over quality. You know, they want to hear eight bars, sometimes 16. They don't have the time for you because they just have like a million people coming through. Whereas I felt like when I moved here, uh, it was harder to get the audition. But once you were in the room, they had so much time for you. Like every time I go into an audition and I don't know if it's because I'm American and they're always curious about like, Oh, you're not from here. And like, how do you, how have you come here? I just feel like every time I've had an audition, they always want to have a little bit of a chat before I start, which I just, I didn't, you know, you would have that sometimes in New York, but really in New York, you'd be like, okay, this is, I'm a robot. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm going to say hello, you know, give my tempo and peace. Whereas here it felt more like, oh, we want to like kind of see who you are, not when you're performing and do, you know, preparing something for us. So that uh, was different. And also there weren't as many auditions. 
So like, even though I'd have, you know, a few auditions out of a month, you know, I felt like the quality of the audition was better because I had more time to either prepare for stuff. They gave me material and I had more time in the room. Whereas in New York, I'd have like, you know, so many auditions, but they were just like, not, not good, <laughs> you know, too quick. Yeah. The turnover for a callback was too quick, you know, so you don't have time to learn everything. And yeah. Interesting. When you say that there was less, but the quality was better. Was that less pressure or more pressure, more pressure in the sense that you didn't get a lot of, you know, yeah. Uh, opportunities or less pressure because you didn't feel like the robot or didn't feel like the second you walked in the room, they're just waiting for you to leave the room. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, and don't get me wrong. I have had some funny auditions here where it has felt like that, but overall I'd say it was a bit different. Um, you know, I definitely felt pressure the first year that I was, I moved here. Cause like, you know, I, lived in New York city for a, a while. It was pretty much eight years. And I, I got very close a lot of the time to getting a Broadway gig, but it was like, you know, so close, but I'm the second choice. And, and that just kept on happening that, um, oh, I've totally just lost my train of thought. No, come I was talking about, was there pressure going into the room oh, and you yeah. said, don't get me wrong. There are some, back. um, so that when I moved here, you know, I did have a lot of pressure on myself thinking like, okay, I've just been doing this. I've been trying this for eight years and I've kind of told myself I need to stay in New York probably longer than I wanted to because of, you know, what I wanted to reach, you know, the goals that I wanted to achieve. And so when I moved here, I definitely put a lot of pressure on myself because it was like, all right, well, I'm going to a new, you know, country. I'm going to try and see if I can make it work here when it it felt like it didn't necessarily, you know, it wasn't the world that I wanted in New York necessarily. Um, so yeah, when I only had one or two auditions out of the month, it felt like a lot of pressure. Yeah. But I also had a lot more time to prepare for them, you know, which was nice. So like, I felt like I was coming in with, you know, what is it? Luck meets preparation and all that kind of stuff. It did yeah. feel like I had that time to, to really feel like I was doing my best when I went in, you know? Yeah. Kind of, it kind of allows you to display the vastness of who you are as an artist beyond just like the raw talent because ev not everyone, but talent is there for many, but then how you prepare and bring depth to sides or the, oh, yeah songs that they're wanting you to prepare can then take you to another level that maybe someone else that has talent that's kind of as far as it goes with them so i see yeah, what you're I mean, saying there. you can be the most talented person ever but be terrible at auditioning and like yeah that is the crux of it like you know and it, as actors like we can get so in our head about every single nitpicky thing that you do in a room um yeah one thing that I did feel like when I moved here, uh, I felt like I could kind of start over again. Like, you know, I was walking into a room and nobody knew who I was. Um, instead of walking into a room where it was like, you know, I know a lot of the casting directors that are working in New York. Some of them I went to college with, you know, I've known them for over 10 years. 
and and you're walking in being like, hey, I'm that person that you've auditioned for for eight years and still it's never happened. So it has all this extra baggage that when I and I think I that was getting in my brain a lot of the time and kind of psyching myself out uh, so that when I moved here, I was like, oh, my gosh, nobody knows me. <laughs> I can. Yeah you know, not completely start anew because I was always going to be the same Georgia that I was going to be there. But I think yeah. it gave me that opportunity to, yeah, to not be so in my head because I, because it was, it was a new beginning, um, which I think really, really helped me. I think if I had stayed in New York and I had kind of kept doing that same mind trick in my head I don't think I would have been as successful there as I am now because of that whole change. If that makes yeah. sense. Would, would you ever go back for any reason? You know, I maybe like if the right job took me back. Um, I guess, sorry, my, a better question or better way, better way of saying it is if you were to go back now that you've had this liberating experience do you think you would be able to successfully bring that transformation back to New York and not oh, yeah. go back, go back to your old ways, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. I think so for sure. You know, I think I feel a lot more confident in myself, um, you know, having worked at the caliber that I've been working at for the last like two or three years. Um, you know, I had never covered like such a huge part as Cinderella, you know, and getting thrown on for that kind of thing. I know that I can do that and it's, it's in me. Um, yeah. So yeah, you know, definitely. And there was like, so go ahead. Sorry. No. And I think that was the reason why I went on cruise ships. You know, I would leave, it would give me a break from New York and then I would come back and I'd be like, Oh, I have the mental space to like take this on again. I don't feel beaten down. I have a bit of money saved up so I can just focus on auditions and I've also just been singing, you know, and performing every night for six months. Like it does bring back that confidence where if you're just auditioning year after year and you're not getting to perform and not getting to do those things, your confidence can be like completely shattered. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. So through the struggles of New York or through the trenches of the seven or eight years or so, and then you go over to the UK you know, how this moment here where you make your debut in the West End, like how amazing was it? Tell us a little bit about it. I mean, when I got that like audition that came through for Cinderella, it was like, I think around November, 2020. So we obviously had been like through the ringer of like, you know, everything being shut down and then things kind of reopened here and then they got shut down again. But we were, you know, we had been in COVID for a while. And when I got the email from my agent and I was like, what? Like, I have to go in for an audition? Like, I've just been hanging out at home, like baking bread for, you know, <laughs> seven or eight months. Um, so that was a bit scary. But when I went in um, and I had a few auditions, uh, it wasn't many, actually, um, and all very COVID safe, you know like with the masks and in boxes, dancing and stuff. Um, when I walked out of my final audition, I called my mom and I was like, I think I've got it. Like, I just have this weird feeling. And that feeling for me doesn't happen that often. And kind of a few minutes after I called her, uh, my agent called me and they were like, 
they're very interested. They just need to know if you can like legally work here and all that kind of stuff. But mm. so that kind of came out of a place where I was just like, wow, I've just moved here. Uh, and theater has completely shut down. I have no job, you know, um, what am I going to do? Like, what is theater going to kind of be when we come out of COVID? So it was definitely out of, at a time where I think me and a lot of actors were all struggling. Um, so I couldn't really believe it, to be honest. I didn't really believe it. Um, but yeah, it felt, it felt really amazing. Cause I think, you know, I'm 34. I, I graduated, you know, when I was, you know, a while ago, I've really been, uh, working at this for so long. And I have so many friends that, you know, have also been doing that, but I've also kind of said, I'm going to step away from it. It's not for me anymore. And I feel like, uh, yeah, it just feels really nice that it kind of not paid off, but it just feels nice to kind of reach some goals that I had set for myself for 10 plus years. Yeah. Um, I would say it paid off and, and it, it's a true testament to like sometimes it's just about continuing to stay at the plate and keep swinging to use a baseball analogy yeah. because the second you step away from the plate, it's over, you know, and, and some people they hit on their whatever first, second, third swing and others it's their 200th, but they nonetheless stayed there and here they are. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, what do you think it was besides just your love for theater and performance that kept you kept you in it? What kept you in it to you know be here long enough where the the West End debut happened, or just to a point where you, like you said, said, "Hey, I'm glad I stuck this out." You know, uh, I think the people in this industry definitely have kept me wanting to be in it. I, especially here, I love the people in my cast. I loved all the people in Cinderella. Like they were incredible. Um, I think when I was like a little kid, what drew me, even though I was like a creative person, what drew me to uh, theater was like the connections and the friendships that I made and the community. Because I think I was definitely like a, a sensitive kid and, you know, wasn't like the popular one or that kind of thing. But when I, I remember when I was like, I think it was my 11th birthday was the first day of my rehearsals for this first show that I did when I was, you know, very young. And I just remember everybody singing, you know, happy birthday to me. And I was like, oh, wow. Like everybody is just so welcoming and lovely. And like, I don't even know these people and they're just being so wonderful to me. Um, and I think that was just, that really stuck with me. And I think, you know, the people that I've met on the cruise ships, you know, I've taken with me throughout my life, you know, I think that's, that's really been, um, a big reason, but I also just do love theater. And I think I'm also a very, uh, you know, uh, driven person that like, you know, I've had this dream since I was like a little kid 
Um, and I really wanted to achieve it. You know, um, my mom always told me like, you know, you got to go for what you dream, you know, you got to go for your dreams. You know, she, she really backed me on that since I was a little kid. And so for me, it was just really important to like, yeah, just keep going for it. It was very hard. I wouldn't say it was easy. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I was going to say, was there a person, a book, a moment that really impacted you? And you just brought it up saying that. Oh yeah. My mom completely. My mom, she all like gets, you know, uh, not upset, but like, um, emotional about it. Yeah. My mom has been, you know, there for me in like the darkest, darkest moments and on the the biggest highs. And yeah, I mean, she worked so hard to put me through school. Sorry. I'll just get very emotional about it. No, we'll make sure that we send the, uh, (laughs) the episode link to your mom because she deserves, she deserves to, to hear it. So that's awesome. Well, let's end the conversation on a a lighter note. (laughs) We'll do uh, something called the BFTS hot seat. All right. So the hot seat is just a fun thing to talk about things that aren't theater related and get to know you a little bit better. So first question, you walk into a room, we'll cue up this music here. Maybe let's do that. If it comes on, there we go. All right. BFTS hot seat. Here we go. You walk into a room and there's a movie playing and you've seen this movie hundreds of times, but no matter how many times you see the movie on TV, you have to stop and watch it. You just have to watch it no matter what. What is this movie? Um, Titanic. Okay. Amazing answer. Yeah, Correct. Amazing answer. Okay. Yeah. So you're commuting to the theater or wherever, and you're just like having a blah day and you need to pick me up. What's this one go-to song that you're going to play to get you going? Uh, okay. Um, what is it? Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Amazing. <laughs> You're reincarnated on this earth as an animal. What animal are you going to be and why? Uh, probably an eagle. So, yeah, to fly. It'd be very cool to, yeah, just see the okay. from bird's eye view. <laughs> Staying in theme with Back to the Future, you steal the time machine, the uh, car, and you're able to go to any place in time. Where are you going to go? Um, I would probably go back to Woodstock. <laughs> oh, okay. 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 What? Um, you, uh, we, I mentioned before that you, uh, fitness and, uh, done fitness instructing and yoga. If you had to do one X, ex- you could only do one exercise for the rest of your life. What would that exercise be? A squat. <laughs> A squat. All right. Um, the last question, if you weren't in uh, theater or performance, what kind of, uh, job would you have? Would you be a barista? What would you do? Oh, if I didn't work in theater. Yeah. Yeah. What would you do? Interior design. Oh, I love your plants by the way. And that light right there. I've been, I've been light actually. (laughs) You did. Very cool. Okay, wait. Uh, you make the light. What else? What uh, What other like little hobbies or skills do you have that that we are hidden? I mean, it's um, very that, that we don't know about. So, well, so this is like a rope. Basically, have you heard of macrame? It was like very popular in the '60s, '70s, and it's like kind of a thing now. Uh, okay. So I make a lot of that kind of stuff, but yeah, only randomly. But I kind of dabble in that. 
<laughs> okay, very cool. All right, Georgia, thanks so much for being on Bill for the Stage podcast. Appreciate thanks. it. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> All right, everyone, Georgia Tap. That was amazing. Make sure you give Georgia a follow at Georgia Tap uh, on the Instagram. That'll be in the description of this episode. And yeah, super cool girl from Berkeley, California, now residing in the UK. If you're uh, over there and you want to see Back to the Future, super fun show, check it out. And again, make sure to give Georgia a follow on the gram at Georgia Tap. I'm Joe Roscoe with Bill for the Stage. If you want to try that free trial, go to BillForTheStage.com. And uh, we'll be on our way to seven days on an interactive fitness app where we can help you out with training like the actor athlete that you are. All right. Until next time. Later. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.